Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is July 15, 2014, and you are listening to Aetherius Radio Live, which comes to you every third Tuesday at 1 p.m., Today, is the topic is a continuation of the Nine Freedoms, and I give you hosts Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaze. Thank you so Thank much, you, Courtney. Courtney. Hi there, Richard. Chrissy, it's been a long time. It has. About two a month, months. I think. Oh, two months. Well, yes, last month was, right. was, was our good friend Brian, wasn't it, and yourself? It was, yes, that's correct. And I heard um, that all went very well, but um, it's great to be back onto the nine freedoms again. It really is, yes, absolutely. So we're up to the seventh freedom, and if, yes. people, are tuning, if people are tuning in for the first time, then they can go to archives and listen to the previous six. But before they do, um, we, today we'll be talking about the seventh freedom, which will be interplanetary existence. Yes, we probably should just recap to the point that we got to, which was ascension, uh, something very, very misunderstood, fascinating, fascinating topic, a very ancient topic, uh, both recorded in the East and the West, and we covered the revelations about ascension, basically that when we reach a stage where we can control at will the highest states of consciousness on earth, cosmic consciousness, and we've mastered that, uh, and we've gained all the experiences, therefore, that we need on this world, we can then ascend. And after ascension, uh, if we choose to remain here, then we join what is known by some as the Great White Brotherhood, although it's slightly misleading, because most of them are not white-skinned. By the way, there are. Uh, some that are, but on the whole, it's, it's, it's across the board, racially speaking. And also, of course, there are women as well as men who are ascended masters. Yes, very good point. And also, um, thank you for explaining that about ascension, because I don't know about you in England, but certainly over here, uh, people do offer weekend ascension classes. And, you know, <laughs> Dr. King says... Um, that it can, takes most of us thousands of lives to reach that point, and if we listen mm. to the sixth freedom, we will understand why. And so, I just want to say that um, please don't waste your money. <laughs> no, I quite agree. In, in fact, it, the lectures that Dr. King uh, gave on the nine freedoms, which are available in an album form on CD, um, these are truly outstanding and um, in fact I you know I've been listening to them again certainly not for the first time um, and just every time it's not just the the texts from the nine freedoms but his commentaries upon them his insights his brand new insights that we couldn't possibly get just by reading the nine freedoms or even by hearing the transmission without his help are so revealing and, and, and uh, you know as far as I'm concerned even as of yesterday I was absolutely spellbound by one particular revelation when you start to realize the implications of it but I'm a, I do agree with you Chrissy one thing that he passionately, passionately implored the listeners to those lectures and they were delivered in the year that the nine freedoms was actually given this series of transmissions by Mars Sector 6 uh, they were given to an audience of about 50 people, and he implored them to discriminate over and mm. over again um, because it's so important and it's just as important today. Absolutely, it really is because, you know, we don't want to waste our time in this very, very important life that we have. And uh, the wonderful thing about the Nine Freedoms is it gives us this path, this direction, and it's really a priceless thing for the, the spiritual student to have this guide book for not just this life, but for future lives. Absolutely. So, so let's go to it, shall we? Let's go to it, and uh, we'll uh, mm. do it in the, the usual format, shall we, Richard, with myself yes. reading uh, the text and you commenting. And 
on the text. So this, and, um, and you commenting when you feel so inspired as well, Chrissy. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Thank you. Well, as we know, The Nine Freedoms was delivered through Dr. George King by a cosmic intelligence uh, lord of karma with the name of Mars Sector 6, and it begins, This is Mars Sector 6 reporting from satellite number 3 now in magnetization orbit, Terra. During magnetization period number one, present phase. And the actual text begins. The seventh freedom will be interplanetary existence. After the initiation of ascension, the life stream passes from Terra and either returns to work upon Terra or goes to another classroom in the solar system. Yes, yeah, so case, immediately there we have an, a brand new revelation, really, that hadn't been made to the best of my knowledge before then. I, there were certainly many who had spoken of life on other planets. Uh, in the earliest texts we have, the Hindu texts, uh, there is a lot of reference to Vimanas, vehicles, gods traveling through space and so on. But the, this is a concept of um, a human being evolving to the point of ascension and then either remaining here as a member, one of the ascended masters helping here. And may I quickly remind or certainly inform any new listeners to Ethereus Radio Live that the word terror, when we read that word, it's spelled T-E-R-R-A. And it's the Latin name for the goddess, the Mother Earth, or Gaia, as she's known in Greek in ancient Greece. So now we're told that such a, a, an evolved person can stay here if, if they have a particular skill, a particular ability, and they volunteer to do this, or they can move on and travel to another planet in this solar system. Yes, thank you. I, I was uh, thinking about the word classroom also, Richard, because mm. I think if people understood that one word that we're here on Earth and it's like a classroom, I think it would totally reorientate people's lives because mm -hmm. then every experience we have, good, bad, and different, could be seen as it is an mm -hmm. opportunity to learn. And, uh, you know, the master, uh, Mars Sector 6 has this wonderful way, does he not, of, of using one word to really kind of inspire you to start thinking in a certain way Absolutely. or a different way. Absolutely, and, and in that way, it is, he has a different style from the other texts that we were studying, the Twelve Blessings. It's very concise, it's very to the point, and I agree that word classroom is key, and I think particularly when people, all of us at times, go through difficult experiences, and we're in situations that are really tough and don't seem to make sense. And if we can see those, and I, I've come across people who've been in really difficult uh, states of consciousness and so on and they when they have found perhaps a a reason uh, an experience something that is strengthening them or, or uh, improving their character or teaching them something about life it does it's an enabler it helps people to get through those situations as well of course as the good ones it's so true yes thank you um, I'll continue shall I Mm -hmm. In this case, the life stream would be born onto another planet through the flame of the Logos of that planet. And I'm stopping here because I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about yes, that. Yes, that's quite, that's quite a revelation, isn't it? Because what it's yes. telling us now, there is that they don't require the system of procreation that we require uh, in order to bring about birth on this earth. I mean, there are exceptions. Um, there are claims of virgin births, uh, and I believe those. That's a whole different subject. I believe some of them, by the way, not all of them. Uh, Master Jesus for one. But there, there is certainly on another planet that isn't required. And, of course, the flame of the Logos of that planet is a, is a, is a very, very sacred thing. The flame of the Logos of this planet is the violet flame, which we have taught before on Ethereus Radio Live. It's a wonderful practice anyone can do. But in this case, we're, we're not evolved enough. We wouldn't even know how to bring that about. We don't cooperate sufficiently with the law of karma for it to happen at the present time. 
and so we aren't at that stage but on other planets clearly they are absolutely and as Mars Sector 6 explains it would not be born through the womb of the female spending some time in a reenactment of its evolutionary process as happens when a life stream returns to Terra exactly that's the reincarnation process is referred to there when we come back because we aren't advanced enough yet to ascend and we're reborn we might be a different sex we might be a different race uh, because we have experiences we have to gain and we have to go through this process of uh, being uh, born and going through childhood up to adulthood uh, every single time it's a limitation uh, mm. It doesn't mean we can't have a great uh, concern and want to help children and want to educate children and all the rest of it and bring them up, but it is, in terms from a cosmic point of view, a limited state that we still have on this planet. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's another revolution of thought, is it not? It it's is. so true. Um, in the case of planetary birth upon a higher sphere of evolution the life stream in its ascended body would be requested by a male and a female upon that particular planet. It would then That's be interesting, born. isn't it? It is interesting. Sorry, carry on, Chrissy. Please carry on. It would then be born through the flame of the Logos of that planet as an adult. Once introduced into that planetary scheme, it would then retain its original body for many centuries. When it became necessary to change this body, it would break up the cellular structure and reform another cellular structure for itself. So here, here we can see a completely different type of, uh, of intelligence than we have on Earth, where we're virtually helpless, really, by relatively speaking. We, we are powerless, relatively speaking, and we... Uh, go through the experiences we go through we're almost most people you know at the mercy of um, basic physical requirements really is, is how I'd best summarize it whereas um, a being such as this first of all they're requested by a male and a female I was going to comment on that Chrissy because yeah, what's interesting yeah, among other things about that is that that male and female upon that planet and let's just say for example it was Mars they would have to know about that intelligence. They would know about that ascended person, and they would then request that person. Very, very different, and far more sophisticated isn't quite the right word, but evolved, shall we say, mm. than the sort of system we have here where parents aren't you know, exactly choosing their children. I mean, the children are choosing their parents, mind you, mm. here, um, but it's the other way around, and they make that request. And then if that request is answered, and that, uh, that being it's in their uh, correct trajectory, their evolutionary trajectory for them to move to another planet and to that planet, they can then be born through the flame of that planet as, as an adult, not as a child. And then this male and female uh, will take responsibility we assume in some way for its education and, and and helping it in every single way that's so interesting isn't it um mm. i i know that dr king said that when for example a an ascended uh, being is is born through the flame of the logos of mars he gave an example for the first time they would feel like a newborn baby as the culture mm. was so far ahead of that on this earth and that's why mm. it's necessary to have these custodians. Um, mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting. And, and very, very civilized as well, in a way. A yes. cultured yes. approach to the whole thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and then, of course, there's this mention that they could stay in that body, as an ascended master can, for many centuries. And they themselves would decide when to change the body. It's almost like clothing, you know, and no more, no, no less, only much more uh, sophisticated than clothing. But they, they say, right, when, you know, we need a new body or we're determined that we should have a new body, and then they arrange it. It's, it's a far more evolved and controlled evolutionary cycle. 
a far greater sense of freedom too, isn't it, that we mm. that uh, is starting to appear. And in fact, that's the yes. beginning of the next part. Um, free the word freedom from terrestrial rebirth is indeed a great and decisive step made by the life stream towards total existence. No longer is such a life stream petty, prone to basic limitation, prone to like or dislike as it was previously. The experience of cosmic consciousness, the experiences of ascension are indelibly stamped upon the sole principle of such a life stream in such a manner that it tries with all available energy to express its divinity. I think that's wonderful. And it, it, it reminds, mm. something we've mentioned before on Ethereum Radio Live is when you have, in, and, and most of us, including certainly me, and I'm sure you, Chrissy, wouldn't claim to have experienced cosmic consciousness. Oh, but no. even when we have, um, should we say, an inspired state of consciousness, a deep meditation or contemplation, the beautiful thing is that that isn't um, a temporary state as a physical sensation might be, a physical experience might be. You might remember it, but it doesn't stay with you in the same way. But these higher states, these soul states, and especially, we're told here, cosmic consciousness and ascension, are indelibly stamped upon the soul principle, so they affect that soul forever. And that soul forever wants to express that experience that they've had. That's a wonderful promise, isn't it? It's a wonderful mm. um, inspiration. And uh, expressing this divinity through service um, in every single way that they can. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting, too, just going back a little, no longer prone to like or dislike. Well, of course, I'm, I'm saying that just because we're kind of ruled by that on this planet. You know, if you, we think if we like something, it's true or it's good. I'm just generalizing here. Mm. And we go a lot, I think. People do go a lot by what they like and what they don't like to find mm. their way through life. And it's such a... I think they do. Yeah. Such and a, they, do it, they do it with religion, really, as well, often. You know, I like this idea. Somebody said to me once, I don't really like the idea that my child is reincarnated. I like the idea that I sort of created them. <laughs> and, you, you know, maybe you do, but yeah. it's not about, as you say, it's not about like and dislike. It's not whether no, you no. like one religion more than another or one path more than another. It's what is the greatest? What is the greatest truth? How can you give the greatest service? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It's demanding. It's not easy. Not at all. <laughs> So the next part is, a planetary birth in this way leads to a realization of the limitation imposed by the recognition of basic dimension and a will to overcome this imposition, this limitation, a will to forge through interplanetary service to even greater realization and appreciation of the whole unity of all things. I think we could come back again, that's wonderful, to this reference to the limitation of basic dimension, because that's going to recur again in the text, and I think we'll probably look at the whole question of dimensions when that comes up. Right. I'll continue then. Mm. The first planetary step taken through ascension from Terra will result in an introduction into either the planet Mars, Neptune, Jupiter, or Pluto. It's very specific. <laughs> mm, that's a revelation. I don't think had been made before that, that seventh freedom was given. Absolutely. And, and of course it will I... depend on the, on the quality of the soul, we're told, mm. uh, as to which of those planets they would go to. Their, their particular abilities, uh, their particular approach, would determine which planet they were most suited to go to. Absolutely, and that, I think that's very interesting in itself, isn't it? Because um, some people I have heard feel that if we once we go once we become enlightened, we kind of lose our 
character and every, everything becomes the oh, same. Yes. It's so much the opposite to that. Mm. It is, and you can see it in great masters, you know, because yes. if that was true, they'd all be the same, and they aren't. No. You know, you can't compare, say, um, you know, a Samson to um, a Leoutza. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're very different approaches. They're both great masters uh, under limitation, but with very different missions and very different approaches to the same great truths. Exactly. And uh, we learn from the society teachings, for example, about the planet Jupiter, the wonderful influences from this planet of color and sound and music, uh, mm-hmm. this great expansive planet in astrology. And each planet in astrology, of course, has a different influence, uh, which mm. is very, very interesting. So and if anyone next- wants to know about astrology, go to chrissyblaze.com. Well, thank That's you a so fantastic much website, <laughs> and Chris is a great astrologer, and I can, I can bear witness to that. She really is. If you, if you need your astrological chart doing or advice on astrology, Chrissy is your person. She's well, really good. So much. I appreciate it. Well, it's that. true. It's true. I wouldn't say it if, it wasn't, if I didn't uh-huh. believe it. Much as you're a friend of mine, I still wouldn't. Uh-huh. I know you wouldn't, so I appreciate it even more. Thank you. <laughs> So after this first planetary step, the next step, which is the second part of this freedom, results in an introduction into the planet Venus or the planet Uranus, where different experiences are gained. So those two are obviously higher planets than the first four, Mars, Neptune, Jupiter, and Pluto. Venus and Uranus, Venus um, often associated with the great teaching, the great teachers, Master Jesus, the Lord Buddha, both came from Venus. And in ancient times, the planet Kumara, we're told. And, of course, the planet Uranus, a female planet, interestingly enough, like the Earth is a female planet. And we're very fortunate as we enter this age of Aquarius that this age is, has ruled by, has the influence of the planet Uranus and also Saturn, even more advanced planet in the solar system. These influences are coming in more strongly according to astrology. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that we become ready and uh, the nine freedoms will definitely prepare us in the right way. So I'll continue, shall I, Richard? Please do. And this is um, the next part. But note this. There is upon the way a stopping place. This may not be mentioned save to say that even though the sun is dark, the energy is still felt. In that statement is a clue which does not, of course, intimate that the stopping place is a sun. We can't really throw a lot of light on that. Um, There is a stopping place. Uh, It has not been revealed where that is. Uh, Dr. King stated that he didn't know wh- where it was, but it's a place that people, that, uh, uh, I'm sure, my, my, I imagine he does now. <laughs> Let me just say that, but that's my opinion. Right. But um, when mm-hmm. he was on Earth, he said he didn't know what that, where that stopping place was. It's somewhere that the soul will go before they go to Mars, Neptune, Jupiter, or Pluto. And then again, he felt they'd go to possibly after that, before they went to Venus and Uranus, or Uranus. Mm, Very interesting. Mm. Thank you, Richard. From there, greater freedom is realized. Interplanetary man is no longer bound to the clay of terror or the clay of any other planet. He is free to serve throughout the galaxy, even outside of the galaxy. Yes, that's uh, real freedom, isn't it? Um, yes. Not limited, you know, we, we think it's great to travel, and it is. But the, these beings can travel throughout the galaxy and beyond. And that mm. means, of course, serving in so many numerous ways to very different kinds of, of beings and intelligences, and no doubt learning and discovering so much about life and, and the wonder of creation. Absolutely. And that's putting it mildly. You know, we, we, we are really sort of just seeing little glimpses of the real meaning of these statements, really. Yes, we are. 
And the next part, a great and deep appreciation and realization of the totality of divine existence lives within such a one. He does not pay lip service to anything existent or non-existent, but begins to be a knower, begins to realize the why of existence. Already he knows the how, and so with his travel comes broadness. Yeah, I think that's a key part which perhaps we should pause over. Um, and this key sentence, he begins to realize the why of existence. Already he knows the how. Um, we're told the how of existence. We're told what happens. We, we have the outbreathing. We've covered this uh, in previous uh, episodes of Ethereus Radio Live, uh, in previous shows, I should say, um, where there was potential and then the outbreathing took place and then there was manifestation and then we have the inbreathing and we return back to the divine source again and it's wonderfully expressed actually in the 12 blessings I just refer back because I have discovered through this Chrissy through doing this just what a wonderful balance uh, the 12 blessings and the nine freedoms are for each other I mean my favorite book from the philosophical point of view from a teaching point of view is still the nine freedoms but the 12 blessings as we said when we were covering is undoubtedly uh, a philosophy which if that's all you had you'd have more than enough and sometimes you get these balancing statements between the two and in in the uh, ninth blessing delivered by the master jesus is this incredible statement and i'll just read it these great and mighty lords of karma make it possible for fools like ye and me to gain that experience which will lead us to the Godhead as conscious gods. And I think that's throwing some light on realizing the why of existence. You know, we can pay lip service to it. We can say, well, yes, it's, what you're realizing is the value of experience. You're becoming conscious. You're becoming aware of this whole thing. But they start to, to realize it in a, in a proper way. And, and, and Dr. King spelt out the difference between just mentally appreciating or mentally knowing something or understanding something and realizing it when you're fully aware of it. And so even the implication here, even the masters of old on this earth, now, that may well exclude the ascended masters themselves, of course, and certainly a being of the caliber of the Lord Babaji, whom we've mentioned before, um, the Lord of the Earth, as he's sometimes referred to. They, of course, uh, have cosmic credentials. But even the, the terrestrial masters below the ascension stage don't know the why, don't realize that why. And this statement, he begins to become a knower, we, we would say, I mean, I remember a, a yogi who used to go, uh, come up with the phrase, yogi knows all. And that's what he would tell his students, that he knew everything. He knew all that there was to know, and compared to them, perhaps he did. But now we're told there's a much higher stage of knowing. He begins to be a knower. He begins to realize the why of existence. Why did God do this what does it actually mean to master experience and return back to the godhead as a conscious god mm. well thank you so much for that richard that's uh, very very interesting indeed should we have a break by the way uh, oh, around great. now sometime time flies yes it is uh, break time i know, so. I know. <laughs> so we'll hand over to courtney shall we and um yes let's Resume afterwards. You're listening to Ethereum Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaze. And today's topic, the continuation of the nine freedoms. I want to recommend everyone please go to www.ethereus.org for a list of locations and events worldwide. Special events coming up include in Europe, there will be a weekend pilgrimages on the 26th and 27th of July, the Holy Mountain down in North Devonshire, England. These are featured as our lectures and workshops in the UK, and you can go to ethereus.org for more information. In Michigan, 
Friday, August 15th, there is a lecture, Sacred Mountains of Power. It is $10, and it will be at the Ethereum Society in Royal Oak, Michigan. The address is 3119 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48073. And you can also visit Ethereus.org for more information on that or EthereusMI.org. Now I return you to your host, Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaze. Thank, Thank you, you Courtney. <laughs> so, Richard, so, we'll continue uh, going through the, the nine freedoms, the seventh freedom. Yes. You had discussed about the why and the how of existence in a very articulate mm. way. Thank you for that, Richard. And I'll continue. No longer is he even limited to a base physical structure, for he discovers that by excitation of the internal molecular working, he can form this base structure into finer matter, which he can propel through full space. I think we should just briefly mention, especially for newer listeners, of course, that when we talk about life on Mars, uh, Venus, any of the planets in this solar system, we aren't talking about them necessarily as being on the physical plane or frequency. Uh, We're talking about higher levels. Um, And this is a reference to the ability to have that control over matter that it can become finer, uh, as I say, through the excitation of the internal molecular working, which is quite a phrase that we don't really understand. But they can raise their vibration, let's put it that way, at, at will. And so, you know, we could go to Mars and, and see no one there if they didn't choose mm. to be seen. They could be manifesting on a higher plane, just as there are people, some call them angels, some call them spirit guides, who are people who no longer are physically alive, they've passed on physically, but they're very present, but they might not be visible, unless you're clairvoyant, uh, because they're operating on a higher level. It's that concept, but taken to a much more refined and controlled level by these beings. Yes, that's a very important point to remember. Thank you, Richard, especially when people are can't sort of understand the, the concept of life on other planets within this solar system. Mm-hmm. He begins to study the smallest atom in space, the greatest sun in space. He begins to work towards the perfect singular vortex and the perfect vacuum. Yes, the, these are things that we can't really throw a lot of light on. Dr. King in his commentaries does describe what that some aspects of what that could mean. Um, The singular vortex, of course, one of the things about a chakra or psychic center is it's like a vortex of energy. And, of course, to create a perfect singular vortex would mean all focused in a a singular um, place, if that's the right word. Um, And then the perfect vacuum where it's completely emptied. And, And maybe that goes within the individual and outside of the individual. It's something really we would have to contemplate on to begin to understand what that could fully mean. I think so. And he is also, he is capable of experience in more than one system of dimension at the same instant. Did you want to comment on that, Chrissy? Because you were talking earlier and you you were mentioning um, the dimensions. Well, I was just... um, thinking about the fantastic lecture that Dr. King gave on the seven dimensions of creation. And um, now there's a lot of talk about a lot more dimensions. And in fact, he he does cover this. Uh, um, Dr. King covers this and and explains that the seven dimensions are are kind of like a system. And they're not, it's not really limited to seven. I think that's my correct interpretation, but they're in um, systems of seven. So it may be 14, 49, etc. Um, so this is. This I is think very he also mentions nine at one point as well. Um, but yes. Oh, yeah. Please carry on, though. Please carry on. Thank you. Um, yeah. No. Agreed. I, I, I think it's very hard for us to grasp. It, it, we earlier, uh, I said we'd refer back to this. Uh, he talked about the limitation imposed by the recognition of basic dimension. And so the, 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 and the basic dimensions might be, length, as far as we're concerned anyway, length, breadth, height, even time. They're not mm. limited by any more, and they're moving to a higher plane and even a whole higher system, which is probably beyond our comprehension at the moment, but they're not 
they're, they're breaking free from limitation is how we could summarize that of experience of the whole experience cycle which happens through mind through change through motion um, all these are just aspects of, of, of the uh, framework in which we gain experience they can move we're told here anyway into another whole system in which mm. they gain experience absolutely yes um, and I'm not, I, I'm not sure whether I read that sentence he is capable yes of course I did yet he is not limited by a time continuum as is terrestrial man for interplanetary man is above time, because he is a part of it, not part of the result of change, as is terrestrial man, but a part of the change itself. I think that's a, a, an absolute deep contemplation or meditation. Not a, a part of, not a result of change, but a part of the change itself. I mean, one of the meanings of that, undoubtedly, as Dr. King explained himself, is they become a creator. So they control the conditions which bring about the change. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, this isn't the example Dr. King gave, but if you talked about, say, a weather condition, I don't know whether they experience weather conditions in the way that we do, but they might control that as opposed to being at the mercy of it. That's just giving a sort of a silly example. Most of the time we are at the, at the behest of the things that happen around us and what's implied here is they are controlling the conditions that bring about the changes right uh, so right, well, they're not very... at the mercy of them so therefore because of that they are above time because it's only the change of of conditions and and, and motion which causes the measurement of time exactly yeah people often say time seems to be speeding up well i i believe mm. it is because uh, we're going through a change in a much faster way since um, because of this time in which we live and the changing of, into the new age. So that's mm -hmm. very interesting. Thank you. Mm. As he goes deeper into this freedom, he realizes his great power as a ray capable of the manifestation of thought visualization. He becomes a tiny thought creator. He learns to control his visualizations so that they conform exactly to predetermined patterns. You're that's quite that, that, that sounds yeah when one says it like oh well that's okay then but in fact it's quite amazing when you really think about it to control your visualizations so they conform exactly to predetermined patterns um you know we we are again almost at the mercy of um we the human race i mean i don't mean you and i and just some, maybe some of the listeners but to a greater or lesser extent the human being doesn't control his visualizations he'd get up in the morning and say oh I'm, I'm in a bad mood i got out of bed the wrong way today and it's as though there's something else causing his thoughts his, his feelings it's out of his control he's at the mercy of whatever comes along like a twig in a stream that's, that's blown along in the current uh, instead of taking control and of course when you move to karma as we understand karma we don't have the concept of controlling our karma which is even higher than even mind in bringing about change but it, they are in control of these things never mind um, just thoughts they're, they're in control of their visualizations and their karmic determinations and they know exactly what they want to achieve and then bring their thoughts and their visualizations into line with it visualization as i'm sure listeners know is extremely powerful and can determine our health our well-being uh, our direction but so often uh, and what is wrong i think with so many so-called new age systems is they'll say well look whatever you want you can get and use this and use that and the, use the other rather than finding out what you should go for and these beings would know they'd be in complete alignment with the divine will, which is the highest aspect of dimension, and then bring their thoughts and their visualizations in line with it, and they become a thought creator. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for that, Richard. That's very, very interesting indeed, isn't it? Well, I'm only scratching the surface here. You know, I mean, we, we are, we mu I must say here, out of our depth, Chrissy and I, because this is way beyond our pay grade. So we're just <laughs> sharing some thoughts 
and feelings <laughs> and perhaps inspirations that we've had about it mainly drawn from the explanations from Dr. King, because I'd like to repeat again, as I have throughout this, that you know, if we just had been received the nine freedoms through Dr. King, that would be enough, but we wouldn't understand a lot of it without his insights and explanations as to exactly what it means. Exactly. No, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a fantastic book, and as you say, the, the CDs on the nine freedoms are absolutely spectacular. Everybody listening, I mean, you really need to, to get, obtain these things. The book, mm. the nine freedoms, and the CDs. I mean, mm-hmm. not a better investment could you make in your life. And I don't think there's a finer teacher than Dr. King that I know of. Um, I suppose that's taken as read because you could say, well, why, I, I wouldn't, because why else would I be here? But, I mean, there are some wonderful teachers and some wonderful... Uh, thoughts and, uh, and, and educational instruction through the ages that we've been given on this earth. But when you hear, and you hear Dr. King as he delivered it, just months after he received it, and some of it was shocking and surprising to him. We're going to come on in a moment to perhaps the biggest revelation that we've mentioned so far in any of these programs, and it was amazing to him. But then his commentary on it is just breathtaking sometimes. It really is. I'll continue mm. so that we have time to mm. really do justice to this very important part. Yes. Um, he learns the greatness of the great. To him, the divine is reflected through his masters upon Saturn. He would rather give up even his present freedom and be cast into the lowest terrestrial astral realms than disobey his masters by even a glance. By even a glance. Wow. Do you want to? <laughs> Do you want to just read the next sentence because it, 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 it you know, it, uh, it is rel- relative to this, isn't it? It, it is. He does not worship yes. his masters because of their power, but because they are a reflection of the divine principle. I think there's an incredibly important lesson here for us on Earth and us in the New Age movement. Uh, there is a tendency nowadays to dislike any form of hierarchy. You can understand why, because hierarchy has been abused by certain organizations in the past, in our history, and to think that we're all the same and we can all do the same things and uh, one person's opinion is as valid as another person's opinion. But here we have a tremendous lesson that they don't look at it that way. They would not disobey their masters by even a glance. I don't think any of us is capable uh, of that, no matter how devoted we might be, uh, to to never disobey our masters by even a glance. Never mind a thought, a glance. And if we're honest, I think we need to face up to that. And I think there's a big lesson here. It's not a lesson, though, in, in sort of humbling yourself for the sake of it and kowtowing and just um, doing whatever you're told because you're an obedient, uh, unthinking person. On the contrary, it's because of your realization it's a more advanced person that can recognize another person who is more advanced than they are and that is the thing, not to worship them for worship's sake, but because they see in that person, as it's stated here, a reflection of the divine principle. A tremendous lesson here. And we're reminded that these are such advanced masters, as Mars Sector 6 says, such a one is many lives further along the road to cosmic realization than even an earth master. Mm. True. And I'll continue, shall I? Mm Mm-hmm. Take the five steps, wait upon the rock of the six, so that you might experience ascension, and go forward and become interplanetary man. Know this, the wheel turns twice, and the red globe dispels the darkness, so that the yellow globe may rise. In the rising comes realization. When the blue globe intersects the yellow globe at the right angle, consciousness is born. When the green globe causes fusion between the two, realization of consciousness takes place and all the colors are manifest. When the violet globe rises into the golden sphere, 
the crescent of wisdom is born and shineth. Chrissy, that passage from Know This, I yes. think I'm going to ask you, if you would, to read that again quite slowly because it's a, it's a contemplation. And people listening, providing you're not driving a car or something and it's safe to do so, just contemplate and allow these words, which are symbolic words, and Dr. King believed also actual words as well as symbolic words, just to sink in and then we'll have a stab at throwing some light on what they might really mean. This is a lot to take in. I'll read it again. Mm. Know this. The wheel turns twice and the red globe dispels the darkness so that the yellow globe may rise. In the rising comes realization. When the blue globe intersects the yellow globe of the right angle, consciousness is born. When the green globe causes fusion between the two, realization of consciousness takes place and all the colors are manifest. When the violet globe rises into the golden sphere, the crescent of wisdom is born and shineth. Thank you, Chrissy. So if we take this just one bit at a time, the wheel turns twice and the red globe dispels the darkness. That's referring, of course, to the creation taking place from potential, the darkness being the potential, and then the red globe, the creative force, uh, depicted as a red globe, uh, bringing about dispelling that darkness. And then it goes on so that the yellow globe may rise. Now, the yellow globe uh, is symbolic of some form of intelligence, some form of realization. So the yellow globe then can rise after this creation takes place. This is right at the beginning of things. In the rising, this is the rising of the yellow globe now, in the rising comes realization. So we have some degree of realization taking place now, some degree of mind coming into the equation. When the blue globe intersects the yellow globe at the right angle, consciousness is born. So here you have something which one could talk at length about, which is an intersection of, of mental forces, the blue globe representing some form of higher consciousness, and the yellow globe at the right angle, uh, they're, they're like opposing forces in a way. Um, and of course, the mystic knows that in deep thinking anyway, in deep thought, where you have an intersection of opposing thoughts, that's where consciousness is born. Because in that realization uh, of two opposing thoughts, both being true, that's where truth uh, can exist. I, I, rather than sounding too vague here, I'll give an example of, of two opposing higher thoughts. You might have, um, and this might be the yellow globe, for example. This, this isn't exactly what's referred to here, but it might be the yellow state, then, let's say. You might have a thought, you might realize your own limitations. You might realize, I, I am a, I, I'm, I've made all these mistakes and I'm not very good at this. And It all might be true. It's a certain level of realization, a certain intelligent thinking when you start to see some of your own faults. And then you might have a, a, a higher thought, maybe, uh, and a tr another truth, and this might be depicted as blue. And this is, these are my examples I'm giving here only. This doesn't come from Dr. King, these examples. And that higher thought might be, I am divine. Mm -hmm. Now, on the face of it, you can't be both divine, which is perfect, and also have these faults that you've realized that you've got. Hmm. And yet, both are true. And when you can absorb them both, you have a fusion which brings about a realization. I could talk at more length about this, but uh, I don't want to sort of go off on a tangent here. So the text then goes on, when the green globe, and of course this is going way beyond just those kinds of thoughts, this is talking about the whole beginnings of creation. When the green globe causes fusion between the two, realization of consciousness takes place. That's the, the fusion between uh, perhaps a, a more basic intelligence and a higher intelligence. 
realization of consciousness takes place and then all the colors are manifest and that's where all the experiences that we could possibly need throughout creation become available to us and then it goes on when the violet globe rises into the golden sphere uh, the violet of course being super conscious thought and also violet is a color associated with transmutation when the violet globe rises so it's now all these colors are as it were being absorbed perhaps transmuted perhaps risen certainly through the vi into the violet globe or through the violet globe into the golden sphere the golden sphere is symbolic of the divine spark the crescent of wisdom is born and shineth i think these are these are my thoughts chrissy just to help people perhaps to to see the vastness of this but i mean you might well meditate contemplate on this and have thoughts of your own that's fascinating richard i have to say that richard has a great love of nani yoga and i believe this is a an example of his um very deep thinking on these types of subjects thank you chrissy but that that was fascinating. That's a lecture in itself, and I look forward to you giving a lecture on this. <laughs> One could say I more tell about this. There's a lot this. more that you wanted to say, and it's there. There is a lot it. more, and you you can see that some of the the say Socrates onwards logicians didn't do that, and they were brilliant in their. I mean, I'm not you know that sounds a bit patronising for me to even say that, but they didn't absorb as the mystic does the two aspects of truth simultaneously and gain a realization of consciousness through it. And of course, in basic things, you do need to do that. You do need to see, well, that's true, so then the opposite isn't true. Uh, that can happen as well. It's a very deep thing, but here we're talking about the highest aspect, even way beyond what I was saying there, where the whole of creation takes place all the way through to its return. And then we get perhaps the most profound statement in, as far as we're concerned, one of the most um, transformative statements in the nine freedoms is, cu is coming up now Chrissy if you'd be kind enough to read it it is I'm very honored to read it this is a secret of creation it is a secret of preservation it is the secret of transmutation it is the sacred word A-U-M now there is something again that a lecture could be given on uh, it's an enormous thing. It's um, changing history, really. And what, what I'd quite like to do, Chrissy, I think, is ask you to read the rest of the freedom, because there isn't much of it left, and then we'll just come back again and finish with those thoughts again. Uh, yeah, I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. Shall I read th those few lines again as well? And just yes, continue? yes. This is the secret of creation. It is the secret of preservation. It is the secret of transmutation. It is the sacred word, A-U-M. You have been told. Guard well this sacred wisdom, for even though you understand it not now, there will come a time when you will. Your internal vibrations have been altered by these utterances. Do not ever again slip from the path for if you do, your fall will be doubly hard. Take this cosmic wisdom deep into your heart, and a greater realization will dawn. And when it does, and as it does, walk forward boldly into the seven freedoms. I have spoken thus. All transmissions now discontinued. Thank you, Chrissy, for that beautiful reading. Well, in summary, up until the, the seventh freedom was delivered, the highest concepts of uh, the mystic, the ancient yogi, were a concept of transmigration, the transmigration of the soul. The uh, yogi, the meditator, believed and you'll find this with the concept of nirvana for example a very elevated concept a concept which is not untrue let me quickly say that at all it's a great truth but we've now found an incomplete one and for a very good reason 
uh, and Dr. King believed that the ancient masters did know, but this was the time for this revelation, that the soul uh, cannot transmigrate alone. Uh, and this changes everything. I, I could talk at tremendous length about this. But what it means is that all matter, not just the soul, not just the mind, but all of the matter, all the physical matter too, all the energy, all of this has to go back to God. You can't, in other words, enter such an elevated state of consciousness, you can slip into the divine, amalgamate with the divine, and never come back again from the divine unless you choose to come back for some reason, which they did have a concept in certain parts of a bodhisattva, but it wasn't properly explained. Now, you've got to take everything back, including the physical aspect, and all the energy, and even more important than that, not only have you got to do that, all that there is, all that there is in manifestation, all that has been preserved from creation, all has to go back, and until it does, you can't go back. Now that changes everything. That makes the yogi, uh, and I'm talking below ascension level yogi, who's entered an elevated state and, has, uh, and talks at length, as some have done, about the greatness of oneness, and that we're all one, and then teaches a path of individual realization only, without the element of service to all, a foolish person, whatever they've realized, in fact, someone who's paying lip service, because had they fully realized that oneness, they would know that you can't achieve that without serving all and helping all to return. And I also think, Chrissy, and this is what hit me for six yesterday, it brings a tremendous balance to those of us who study the Twelve Blessings, because the Twelve Blessings, which is an absolutely beautiful text, is also got an element, and, and, and there's no doubt about this, of sadness within it. There's an element of tragedy within it. There's an element of these great beings, such as the Mother Earth, and even beyond that, sacrificing themselves, even the galaxy sacrificing itself, which it does, and this is completely true. But what this does for us, it brings a balance to that, because it says, yes, if we want to think about it that way, absolutely right. Tremendous sacrifice, yes. And that's a painful thing to think about. But also, it is necessary for those beings to do that because they know, they know that they can't return back to God, back to the divine, back to the creative principle, unless everything, everyone, every aspect of creation at every level, returns. Well, that's fascinating. And it's, it's a natural thing, then, if you like. I mean, that's, it's a natural um, thing. It's an essential thing, as mm. well as being a compassionate thing. And I think that brings a great balance. I think there's a deliberate, it's my opinion, and this is just my opinion, there's a deliberate balance between the 12 blessings and the nine freedoms. And in the last couple of years, I've realized that more than ever. Uh, that there's always these this elements, and you'll find it in the 12 blessings, a great emphasis on peace. In the nine freedoms, a great emphasis on certain other things. I think that's all deliberate and conceived. I don't know who by. I could guess, but my opinion wouldn't be worth knowing. But, um, I, you know, I, it's certainly a plan. And this is a fantastic example of it. And I think this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest truth, that we've been given in, in philosophical terms. It, it applies to everything. And it makes complete sense of service, not just as an act of sacrifice, but as an act of necessity and logic. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that, Richard. That was, that's a very, very interesting thought. And if people have not heard of the 12 blessings before, then do look at the website, ethereus.org, and this is another book that's really essential to obtain. So, Richard, I think we're on the last few seconds. Yes, uh, well, thank, thank you, so you again, and thank you to Courtney. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you, guys. You've and been thank you, God bless everybody. all our listeners. Absolutely. <laughs>
God bless everybody and thank you. And um, please do visit our website. And Richard has a website, richardlawrence.co.org. So please visit his too. It's co.uk. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course it is. It's all right. Thanks for mentioning <laughs> it, but it's richardlawrence.co.uk. Well, thank you guys very much, and we want to wish everybody a, a wonderful Tuesday and a wonderful afternoon. And definitely visit Chrissy Blaze's website at chrissyblaze.com and Richard Lawrence's website at richardlawrence.co.uk. Bye-bye. <laughs>